My wife and I were getting ready to move. It was the day before the moving truck arrived, and we were frantically trying to make last-minute preparations with the help of her uncle and her cousin, two dairy farmers who were in town for a visit. As I zipped around from one task to the next, I suddenly realized that we had not yet moved our 54-inch upright piano down the stairs to the main level where our moving help could get at it. Now, it was late in the day, and what hope did we have of getting it done? I was dismayed. But I'll tell you what happened coming up next. Helping you grow deeper on your spiritual journey. Welcome to The Inner Life with Patrick Conley. Welcome to The Inner Life. This is the show that's all about spiritual direction, offering some help and guidance for navigating whatever the Lord brings you today. Thanks for joining us. I'm Patrick Conley. So there I stood looking at this beautiful but enormously heavy piano. We didn't have professional movers coming, just a bunch of college kids that I worked with and a rented moving truck. That piano really needed to get downstairs to the main level. My wife's uncle saw me standing there looking at the piano, and he asked what was up. I told him in a shaky and exhausted voice. What happened next was amazing. He called his son, remember, both of them dairy farmers, and said, think we can handle it? Then they got on either end of the piano, and to our astonishment, they grabbed hold, braced themselves, then, just the two of them, they lifted it off the ground. Just the two of them. Even more astonishingly, then they carried it down a flight of stairs, and when they set it down on the main level, I'll be honest, I could have cried. My wife and I thanked them profusely, realizing we never could have done it. It was just too heavy, and we did not have the physical strength. Well, fortunately, Jesus does not require us to carry pianos in order to be his disciple. He does, however, require us to carry our crosses. And quite frankly, I'm not sure that's any easier. Because while these crosses may not require tremendous physical stamina and strength to carry, they do require an untold strength of spirit. Carrying your cross is our topic for the show today. How to identify your cross and how to carry it well. Let's say hello to our spiritual director, Father Chris Walsh. Father Chris is the pastor of St. Cecilia Church in Philadelphia. Father, welcome back to the program. Good to have you with us. Thank you so much. Always a joy to be on this most wonderful program. Thank you, Father. Well, it's great to have you here, and as we're considering this topic of carrying our cross. Now, this is something that we uh, we encountered from Matthew chapter 16 about a week and a half ago at Sunday Mass, Jesus telling his followers this very thing, take up, if you would be my disciple, take up your cross and follow me. We also, we encounter it throughout the synoptics as well in Matthew 10, Mark 8, Luke 9, Luke 14. I mean, he says it enough times, and it's there enough times in the Gospels to seems like he, he really means it. But maybe a place to start with all, all this, Father, is what is he even talking about? I mean, um, I'm guessing if, if he was requiring this of all his disciples, even in the 21st century, obviously he's not talking about a Roman instrument of execution here. That's right. So, you know, when we read the Gospels, particularly the Synoptic Gospels of Matthew, Mark, and Luke, uh, it's very clear that the way the sacred authors, inspired by the Holy Spirit, uh, lay out the story is, is that everything is leading to Jerusalem. Everything is leading to the cross. Why? Because that's the redemptive, 
redemptive act of Christ the high priest, where he saves us from sin and where he sets us up for the gift of salvation. Uh, and, and so Christ in his own journey is constantly saying, go to the cross. We also heard the other, other week from the gospel where Peter says, oh Lord, don't, don't say that you're gonna suffer and die. Don't say right. that you're gonna go to a cross. Get behind me, Satan, right? Christ is so resolute on going to the cross because what is the cross a symbol of? The ultimate surrender to the Father's will. Christ didn't come down on his own choice. He came down because the Father had asked him to come down. And, and so it's this beautiful act of worship and trust to the Father. And really what Jesus is inviting us to is while we're not taking up a cross to, to die for the salvation of the world, uh, he's showing up to us that the way that he glorified the Father is also the way that we're going to glorify our Father, which is to, to humbly submit and, and to know that the Father is with us. We live in a world where when people suffer, they see that often as a sign that God has forgotten them, that God has abandoned them. And here yeah. we are as Christians saying, well, no, no, you, you can actually embrace this, which sounds crazy, right? Because you can know that God is with you and that God is going to do something through it. Who would have thought that day, that Friday afternoon in Jerusalem, when this man from nowhere, Nazareth, is dying on a cross, that what was happening there was that he was saving the world. Oh. Only could be written by the hand of God. And so when we're experiencing physical pain, emotional pain, uh, spiritual pain, maybe something small, maybe something big, that God's actually doing something else. So that's why Christ never wants us to lose the cross, which is why we as Christians often have crosses all around us. We wear them, they're on our clothing, they're on our rings, they're in our homes to remind ourselves that it's it's the way of the cross that leads to salvation. Wow. Okay. Well, we're getting into it now, talking about taking up our cross. And and Luke actually has Jesus saying, take up your cross daily. So, I mean, this isn't just something that necessarily is uh, is reserved for those times of immense suffering and, and trial, but it's a daily thing, according to Luke. Yeah. And, and the thing I love about that is, you know, the other, uh, of course, uh, inscription, um, you know, Patrick, from the, uh, the scriptures for daily is daily bread in the Lord's Prayer, mm. right? And, and, and in a world that is uh, uh, familiar with, with Sam's Club and big box stores and all this, where we buy enough bread, you know, to last <laughs> us for a month, yeah. and the preservatives allow us to have it for that long if we don't eat it, um, this idea of daily bread, you know, was of course, the norm in the time of Christ and, and still for those who are eating much more healthily. But what it does is it keeps you coming back. If I need daily bread, I'm going to the baker every day. And, and that's what Christ desires for us is to live in the moment, to live this day. So whether it's I'm relying on God to sustain me today, uh, but also I'm looking at the crosses that are around me today. Uh, one of the things that I look forward to most about heaven is that it's all now. There's no yesterday, there's no tomorrow. Mm. And, and so I think by Luke instructing us and giving just Jesus's instruction to take up our cross daily is that it keeps me in the moment. Yeah. It keeps me in this moment. What's my cross today? Because you know what, my cross today, Patrick might be different than my cross yesterday. Mm. And, and so I need to be thinking, okay, what is the cross I'm offering today? And, and that very intentional way of acknowledging it, maybe it's the weather, Maybe it's a back pain. Maybe it's a meeting they want to go to. Maybe it's that priest is on inner life and it's, I wanted a different one, right? <laughs> Whatever the, the suffering is, I, I accept it and I pick it up. I pick it up and I say, okay, Lord, it's, it's here. 
And then, of course, I know we're eventually going to get there, that idea of, of offering it. Right, right, exactly. Well, our spiritual director today is Father Chris Wallstrom. Father Chris, i got to tell you, I am not disappointed at all that you're our spiritual director today. So I guess you won't be contributing to my following after Jesus in that way today. <laughs> <laughs> you won't be a cross of mine. But I am grateful that you're here to lead us and guide us. And, and I have to say, Father... That's really the first time it's been pointed out to me that uh, that daily thing, that daily taking up your cross and give us today our this day our daily bread, um, the dailiness of of both. And I man, I got to tell you, I'm going to be chewing on that one for quite a while and sharing it with others as well. So, and that's what we're about is just offering a little bit of help on your journey with Jesus today and on a daily basis. That's why we come to you every day. And so, if you have a way that uh, that you have borne a cross well. When was a time when you felt the weight of your own cross, and how did you bear it? Maybe you bore it really well. Tell us about that and what the Holy Spirit provided for you in those moments. Maybe you didn't bear it so well. Well, we'd like to hear that, too, so we can all learn from it. Give us a call, 888-914-9149, 888-914-9149 is our phone number. If you'd prefer to send us an email, you can do that, too, innerlife at relevantradio.com. Either way, we'll try to get you on the air. Well, Father, uh, as as I'm continuing to think about this and uh, and try to move off of this daily, which has taken up lodging in my in my head, is this something when Jesus actually said this? Um, I would imagine how I mean, how would his hearers have heard it, especially the Jewish people under the you know, in some ways oppression at least from a Roman government? How would they have heard this? Yeah, it, it, it's an interesting concept, right? Because for for them, uh, particularly for the, for the the Jews that would have been walking with Jesus, yeah. um, you know, the, the Romans were the absolute enemy, yeah, um, because because they were an occupying force. Um, and, and for those of us who are blessed to live in America, that's that's really hard for us to understand, you know, that another nation invades and mm-hmm. rules us. Right, we we've been blessed with freedom since 1776, right. um, and, and so the Romans use this horrific, you know, violent, um, cruel death penalty of crucifixion. Yeah, certainly most Jews traveling back and forth in and out of Jerusalem would have seen it, right? Because they did it publicly for a reason to scare people into submission, um, and as they knew what the cross was. And, and so that's why Peter steps in and says, you know, look, you're going to be the Messiah. You're a law-abiding person. Like, why, what would you have to do anything with the cross, right? right? Um, although the Jewish law, the Vicus, has, has death penalty in it for, for a variety of things, that hadn't been enforced for a long time, which is why mm-hmm. the, Roman, the Jews have to go to the Romans to ask for it. So, so death penalty within the Jewish world, you know, pretty, uh, pretty unknown. Um, the shedding of blood would have made you ritually impure. Um, and, and so it would have caused great confusion. And really, I think in the life of the early church, it really takes Paul's letter and Paul's theology of the cross for the Christian community in the, in the 40s, the 50s, and the 60s to really understand, which, which is why we see it so consistently messaged in the Gospels, because they've been, the, the sacred writers and their communities have been influenced by Paul. Mm, yeah. Oh, very good point. Wow. 
Okay, so if if all of this is the case, and uh, certainly I'm hoping that many, many, many of the listeners to this show, this program, are uh, wanting to be, at least wanting to explore, if not wanting to be better at following Jesus, and if this is the requirement or one of the requirements for following after him, which he seems to emphasize again throughout the Gospels, then... How do I identify? How do I identify it? I mean, you got onto this a little bit, Father. But is any suffering that I endure is it potentially at least my cross, or is there something else I should be looking for? It, it, it certainly is, um, and and I almost hate to begin making lists because I don't want to uh, eliminate. And and what's a cross for one person is, is not a cross for another, right? Okay. Um, and so. You know, I might have a, a a higher threshold of pain than someone else. In fact, I probably have a lower threshold of pain than someone else. And so, mm. what, what another person sees as a cross, uh, maybe their maybe their job um, is is difficult. You know, horrific manual labor. Someone that's on and off a hot truck all day long. You know, when you say to them, "Wow, it must be so much suffering," and they're like, "No, no, actually, my suffering is you know putting up with traffic." Whereas yeah. for me, I don't even think of traffic as, as, a, as a cross. Uh, right. it, it could be something certainly physical, chronic illness, disease. Um, it, it could just be, I, I don't know the food I want, or I didn't get that my cup of coffee or my second cup of coffee because I had to run out of the house. And so maybe I've got a little bit of a headache. Hmm. Uh, maybe it's the temperature isn't what I wanted. It's too hot or it's too cold. These days, that's the saga in, in just about probably every church in America. What's the ideal temperature for the air conditioning, right? It's too hot. <laughs> it's too cold. Right. Okay, off, offer it up a little bit. Like, I don't want to make light of it, but but it really is almost anything. Almost anything could become a cross. The one area where I would say it's not is if we're actively choosing something that's causing suffering or sin. That's not a cross because we need to stop it. Right now, yeah. I could have a suffering that comes about because of a past choice I made that was bad. You know, okay. I I hurt my spouse, and now I'm dealing with the consequences. Well, I've I've repented. I'm not hurting my spouse anymore, but I still have to deal with the fallout. Um, okay. You know, but but anything else, even if I made the mistake and I and I hit my own finger while I was hammering in a nail, okay, it was a mistake. But but I can offer that suffering um, because because again, it's it's not the suffering itself that God delights in. It's my taking this suffering and saying, you know what, God, I'm going to surrender to you. I'm going to know that you're with me. I'm not going to complain, right? I'm not going to play the victim, but I'm just going to give this to you much the way your son did. Wow. I'm going to wow. surrender to you and know that you're here. That's where the grace is. Mm -hmm. The suffering itself, if it's the suffering itself, then we're, then we're, we're sick, we're, we're masochistic. And that's not what it's about. And sometimes people portray us that way. Oh, we're intentionally fasting or we're intentionally doing penances. Sometimes when we read the lives of, of, of saints of a different era, it seems strange to us. But no, it's, it's, it's the acceptance of the suffering um, and then the surrender that comes with it and the act of faith and the act of hope and remaining loving in the midst of it. Well, tall order, but of course, one that we need to do in, in communion with the Lord, of course. Let's go to the phones. We've got Susan calling in from San Diego, California. Good morning, Susan. Thanks for calling in. Oh, hi. Um, it's been seven years since my husband um, took off. And initially, it was one of those things after like 35 years of marriage, right? Um, where you, I just, I mean, it was a nervous breakdown kind of stuff. You know what I mean? It was like shocking. And it was like, what? You know, my whole life was like the 
I thought it was a lie. You know what I mean? But I have my kids, and, the, and so eventually, after time, I was able to, through this cross, find my own, um, you know, what I contributed to the downfall of the marriage, right? And then that, then I got to repent of that through the cross that I had, right? And then um, pray for my husband still. Um, and then all the other things that you see, like other people's crosses are so, can be so much worse. You know, my sister-in-law lost her son. You know, I mean, things like that, that you realize, you know, I'll take my cross. <laughs> my cross is okay compared to, you know, health issues and, and things like that. But I think that the over time, it's the longer you're carrying the cross, it gets lighter and it changes and um, the evolution of that cross and, um, you know, all the other things you can pray about. And to um, and really increase your, you know, we get the cross for a reason. I think it's, you know, for our sanctification. And um, and I, I'm just here to tell all those moms whose kids left the church, you know, they can come back. I came back. I'd been gone from the church for 20 years in my early days, you know. But no matter what, my mom, you know, I never stopped praying my rosary. I came back. So people, um, you don't realize until you give in to the cross, I think, um, exactly, you know, why we get these things and why these things happen. You know what I mean? It ultimately, when you can see that God's using it for your good. Like, I learned the uh, Novena of Surrender, Father Delindo, and, you know, got really into divine mercy, you know. Anyway, so that's that's kind of a lot, but that's <laughs> that's what I called about, so... Yeah, thank you so much, Susan. And, and and certainly, living in San Diego, you don't have the the cross of weather like uh, the rest of us. So so praise God for that. But I, I really appreciate your, your your comment there about how as time went on, your experience of what was at first an initial great heartache and great suffering um, maybe didn't lessen, but you were able to carry it in a different way. And I think that's the movement of grace, right? perspective perspective that that okay this happened wow there's the shock um that there's the probably being frozen you know a, 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 and feeling that sense of betrayal and there's the suffering of, of others that are involved perhaps children right um but then over time what what did you do you, you offered you coped you asked for the grace hopefully you had other people in your life encouraging you that God was with you, that you were going to get through this, that you were not alone, which is a really important part when they're carrying the cross for us as Christians, have Christian friends who are walking with us. And then secondly, your other insight that, you know, yeah, we often, uh, we, we, we don't like our crosses and then we look around and, and we see other people's crosses and say, okay, well, at least, at least I got this one, right? Um, and, and we don't do that to judge the other or, or to look down on the other. But I think it shows the providence of our God, um, that, that he knows what we can handle. Mother Teresa of Calcutta is quoted as saying, uh, I, I know that God won't give me more than I can handle, but I wish he wouldn't trust me so much. Huh. Uh, and, and we can often feel that way, but I do believe that God, God sees us through it. Our God is not a cruel God who wants to punish us or, or, or demean us. So I, I, when I, I was pastor in the black community for many years, one of my great lines in that community was, if God brought you to it, God's going to see you through it. Mm. 
that providence of God, and that was certainly experienced in your life, Susan, uh, but because you were open to it, because of your faith. Thank you, Susan. What a what a great call and what a good encouragement for us all too. And I'm I too I joined with Father in saying I am I'm very grateful that you were uh, able to bear that cross with the help of God and and uh, in born it well. So thank you so much for that. We're talking today about taking up your cross, taking up your cross every day. So when was a time? Maybe it's right now that you felt the weight of a cross that you are carrying for your cross. How are you bearing it? Are you bearing it well? Are you struggling? Do you have questions about it? Give us a call. Join the conversation, 888-914-9149. Again, 888-914-9149. Or send us an email, life at relevantradio.com. We're going to take our first break. When we come back, we've got more about taking up your cross and how to do it well in communion with our Lord. We've got more of the Inner Life coming up right after this break. Please stay with us. We'll be right back. Our sponsor, the University of Dallas, invites you to check out The Quest, a five-episode video series on discovering our purpose and living it with courage. Start watching The Quest for free at RelevantRadio.com quest. Welcome back to The Inner Life here on Relevant Radio, RelevantRadio.com, and the Relevant Radio app. My name is Patrick Conley, and hey, just don't forget to check out this brand new series from the Mary Beggars on five daily episodes introducing you to some of your favorite saints and put forth in an audio podcast form. I think you'll really enjoy it. It's all completely free and even comes with activities for your kids. Just go over to thesaintspodcast.com and sign up today to receive those in your inbox every day. Uh, Father, as we're talking about taking up your cross with our spiritual director, Father Chris Walsh. Father, we had a uh, uh, somebody called in, and uh, this is Mark from California called in, but he couldn't stay on through the break. But he, he did want us to ask his question. So here it is. He asks, how do you balance hoping for a cross to be removed and bearing your cross well? I think that's a great question. That is a fabulous question, right? And so... Yeah. Um, you know, if we just take a cross that I think is in probably most families, right, where there's there's some relationship going wrong, maybe it's between husband and wife, maybe it's a um, an adolescent child who's in a place of defiance and, and acting out, or maybe an adult child who has either left the church or is hostile to faith or struggling with gender identity or addiction. Uh, or maybe it's the care of an elderly parent or, or fights between adult siblings over caring for mom or dad, right? Um, they're, they're great crosses, and, and we should never minimize it because it, it, it strikes at the heart of what is most important to us, family life. Yeah. Right? God, God created us as a family, and, and the first way the devil attacked was, was to divide the man from the woman. And, and so these attacks on, on family life, which, which you know, are horrific, cause great pain. And so it's appropriate for us to say, Lord, take this from me. Just like Jesus did. Lord, I, I wish this were not the case. Lord, I don't want this cross. And so to pray, Lord, you know, heal my marriage. Lord, you know, bring sobriety to my child. Lord, help my teenager realize the pain they cause, right? Whatever it is, there's nothing wrong with praying that the cross be lifted, that the suffering go away, that the, what's causing the suffering be resolved. But while we wait... <laughs> We have to bear it. Yeah. 
while we wait, we have to bear it. And I'm sure thousands in our listening audience could give testimony to while they survived a difficult marriage season or a difficult raising of a teenager, they got through it. They got through it because they gracefully carried the cross. They didn't abandon the person. They didn't give up on themselves. They didn't think, oh, God has abandoned me. Uh, and, and so I think it's a it's not an either or it's it's a both and. Mm-hmm. Yeah, kind of like and, and to apply it too to what Susan mentioned. And I know it's on the hearts of parents everywhere about children leaving the faith that don't give up. Right. Continue praying. That's and right. um, yeah, take up the St. Monica position there. But in the meantime, I mean, she had so many tears. Uh, right. That was the it was was it St. Ambrose's comment to her that uh, certainly certainly someone who causes this much anguish. Um, God is not lost or God is not forgotten. So yeah. great, great, Father. Thank you for that. Let's go now to Peter calling in from New York, New York. Peter, good mo- good afternoon to you, and uh, welcome to The Inner Life. Well, thank you, and uh, good afternoon to both of you. And thanks for the show. And, and uh, get your perspective on a, a thought I've been having as we talked about, um, you know, God won't give us what we can't handle and, and that kind of concept. And I kind of look at that in the context of all the suicide and depression and things that we have in the world today. And I, I like to try and put a spin on it. And maybe it's helpful is God won't give us what he can't handle. And when we are, um, you know, going through struggles, if we try to do it all ourselves, we are going to struggle, but if we can give it to God, uh, he's going to help us through it. That is an absolutely beautiful insight. Uh, you know, because God is able, right? Our God is able, and that's a, that's a matter of faith, which is why we need to, pr- we, I love the term, we practice our faith, right? Please, God, we're in seasons most of our life where we're not dealing with significant crosses. And so we're practicing what it is to know God's goodness. We're practicing what it is to know God's love. We're practicing to know how it is that God does treat people when they're suffering. So when we hit the cross or when the cross hits us, we're able to say, just as you said, God can handle this. God can mm-hmm. handle this, mm-hmm. which is a very different way. If I'm, if I'm coming at this weak, if I'm coming at this unfaithful, if I'm coming at this unaware of God, I do want to speak to the reality of suicide, you know, which is, you know, a great tragedy, you know, in our nation and, and of course, afflicts people of faith as well. Uh, one of our, our bishops here in the country has had suicide affect a number of people in his family and he was leading his diocese in some really beautiful outreach. And I think what often happens in suicide is it's just a number of circumstances, you know, occur at the same time that leaves the person feeling overwhelmed. And of course, they're not acting in, in their right mind because they become so overwhelmed. And then the, the cross becomes for those who are the survivors of suicide, the the spouse, the children, the parents, the the parishioners who are like, well, why didn't we see this? Well, you didn't see it because people hid it from the person. Um, but but I think that that constant renewal of faith that God is able is a great way to approach it. Yeah. Peter, thank you so much for the call and, uh, and a great perspective on it. As Father said, we're talking today about taking up our cross daily. 
and uh, following after Jesus in that way, and how that can be actually so contributing to our spiritual lives, to our lives of faith, and what it means to actually to identify and then take up your cross and carry it in conjunction with the Lord. And something, Father, that uh, is often said and is often uh, a quip around our Catholic parishes across the country, around the world, is the simple phrase, offer it up. And I assume that means something akin to what we're talking about here today. How would you say, what's the spirit behind that, offering it up? Well, because we're invited by St. Paul in his letter to the Colossians, right? I make up in myself what is lacking in the suffering of Christ. Yeah, right. Now, that's, there's nothing, I, I always have to like very quickly put an asterisk next to that verse because, of course, nothing is lacking in the ultimate sacrifice of Christ on the cross. It was the one eternal perfect sacrifice. Praise God. Jesus did it. Jesus did it well. What's lacking is that it's not complete because Christ is trying to, com- to unite the whole world in this act of worship. Christ is trying to unite the whole world in this act of praise uh, to, to, our, to our awesome God. And, and so what is lacking is my participation and, and my surrender. The offering it up comes from the imitation of what Christ did. Father, into your hands I commend my spirit. In effect saying, Father, I trust you. I trust you. And so it's not just this flippant, you know, oh, Mom, it's hot, it's hot, it's hot, offer it up. Oh, Mom, I don't like this uh, Chef Boyardee offer it up right um but no let me let me surrender this right and um and it's a key part of our life as a baptized christian because we're baptized priest prophet and king the priest exists to offer sacrifice now i'm an ordained priest so i offer the sacrifice as 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 the church commands me especially the sacrifice of the mass but every Christian is offered, called to offer the sacrifice of their life, their joys, their sufferings, their trials. And so that offering it up is living out your baptismal call. Hmm. Wonderful. I like it a lot. Let's go back to the phones. Julie calling in from St. Charles, Illinois. Good morning, Julie. Thank you for calling The Inner Life. Good morning. Thank you. Um, I am calling because I've been kind of bearing across, I guess, all summer. My sister... Um, suffered from cancer for about five years, and she died quite suddenly in June. And about a month later, after I'd been grieving a bit, um, I ended up in a bike accident where I broke my pelvis and was laid up in bed, not moving. And um, it was quite an experience to sit and wonder what was going on and why. I mean, there were times where I thought, why is God putting this on me? Until I realized, I remembered, I was listening to Relevant Radio, offer up your sufferings, offer it up. And when I finally was able to do that, I found that it just lightened the load. And people would say, oh, my gosh, you must be in this terrible place. And I was like, actually, I'm finding I'm able to grieve. I'm able to pray. I'm able to really spend that time that I needed to grieve my sister by this time of of being um, stopped from my normal activity. And even though, yeah, there was some pain and physical pain, it was really more about just being able to offer it to God and, and to kind of walk with him on this journey. Amen. Right. Isn't that what Christ desires more than anything, not for us to be pain free, but for us to be in relationship and, and all throughout the scriptures, that's what God is doing. You know, he, he doesn't want the blood of goats and bulls. He wants hearts mm. that, are, that are surrendering to him. And again, God didn't knock you off your bike, 
but when you fell off your bike, God, God said, hey, I can use this, right? God didn't yeah. want the death of your loved one, but God says, hey, I can use this to get to her heart. Hmm. Yeah. 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 So Thank grateful, you. Julie. I'm, I'm so grateful, Julie, that, uh, that Relevant Radio played a part in that, too, and I'm glad you kept hearing that. And you responded in faith, and God did see you through it. So thank you. Thank you so much for that, for that testimony, and for... Uh, continuing to to bear it up to offer it to god and to offer it up in such a such a great way thank you julie for the phone call father we had an email come in from mary who says my cross is no grandchildren from my daughters she says she always imagined her vocation as a grandmother and she admits she feels hurt by god like he doesn't love her but gives yeah. grandchildren to everyone else so I would, uh, I would imagine that you would love to hear your comments and suggestions, your direction on that. Yeah, and, and certainly infertility or childlessness for some other reason is, is a great heartache, uh, particularly when we're, we're looking forward to something, right? Um, and, and that happens at all sorts of, of levels. I'm looking forward to something and it doesn't happen. My dreams are shattered. Um, again, without knowing the particulars of this situation, but 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 assuming in infertility um, across not only for 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 grandmom who wasn't, but also for mom who wasn't, and we say that all throughout the scriptures. You know, whether it's John the Baptist, Mother Elizabeth, right, uh, mm-hmm. and, and others who were seen as as cursed by God because of their barrenness. And, and what does God always say? No, I, I'm with you. I, I'm I'm with you. And and as a as a celibate man, you know, I, I, I know that pain of, of grieving children that never were, right? Just because God has given me the grace to be celibate doesn't mean that I wouldn't have loved to have had my own children. That's a, that's a, that's a sacrifice that I've made for the church. That's a suffering that I offer up daily, right? People often don't think about that. Just because I was called to be a priest doesn't mean that immediately everything is given. And there's not that desire, particularly when I was in my 30s and 40s, when, you know, my friends were having kids. Um, And and so to accept what is, to accept what is. So that's, I guess, my advice is to say, okay, well, this is it. Um, I don't see it as a punishment from God, right? Because that's not who our God is. He's he's not some, because that would ascribe to God something maniacal. Um, The reality is that for some reason, Right, mostly physical, probably. Yeah. Uh, your your daughter your daughter has not been able to have a child. Um, uh, medical doctors might be able to explain that, but again, the our bodies are not perfect, um, and, and so God wants to do something with that, and maybe that desire to 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 be a grandmother for someone can happen in some other way. It's not the same, but but God can use that desire to share in another generation of children. Uh, in a beautiful way, if we have that generosity to abandon ourselves to God. Mm. Father Chris Walsh is leading us through a discussion of taking up our crosses daily and following after him, following after Jesus, uh, and help, seeing his help as we bear our crosses daily. When was a time that you felt the weight of your cross? Just like Mary. Mary, thank you for the email, by the way. Mary is bearing a cross right now. I hope we're all bearing a cross, as that's what the Lord asks of us. But I hope we're also always uniting it to the cross of Christ. Are you bearing your cross well? 
or are you having some trouble and would like to some advice, some spiritual direction about it? Either way, give us a call. We'd love to hear your your successes and your faithfulness, as well as sometimes when we fall down under the weight of the cross that we seek to carry. 888-914-9149 is our phone number here at The Inner Life, 888-914-9149. And again, you can send us an email at innerlife at relevantradio.com. We'll take our next break now, but thanks for listening. Please continue to listen as we've got more about carrying your cross right after this short break. Stay with us. Our sponsor, the University of Dallas, invites you to check out The Quest, a five-episode video series on discovering our purpose and living it with courage. Start watching The Quest for free at relevantradio.com slash quest. And we are back here on The Inner Life. My name is Patrick Conley. My thanks to Nick Sentovich, our producer, and Thomas Angus for taking your phone calls today. Our spiritual director today is Father Chris Walsh, who's leading us through a discussion on taking up our crosses daily and following after him. And Father, I think one of the things that you alluded to, but I think it's worth uh, it's worth coming back to, is kind of the role of the whole body of Christ, the mystical body of Christ, the church, the community, in helping others to bear their crosses as well. We don't we don't do this carrying of our own crosses alone. Absolutely not. Christ placed us in a community, and He redeemed us as a community for a reason. We need one another. And, uh, you know, we earlier this week, we remember the 22nd anniversary of the horror of the attacks in New York and Washington, yep. D.C. Yep. And, and in those days that followed, as we remember, like America was at its best. Why? Because we rallied together. People rallied around fire departments and police departments, particularly in, in the cities affected. Um, people came together with, with those who lost loved ones. Uh, you know, You know, the memorials that popped up. Uh, the ways of helping. Um, and when you talk to folks, it was, you know, other other people didn't forget, mm. right? And, and, and I mean, that's the phrase that goes with 9-11, right? We'll, we'll never forget. Never forget, yeah. Um, and, and yet, when it translates into it's the anniversary of, of someone having a miscarriage, we're not sure if we should bring it up. Huh. <laughs> or the anniversary of someone's death, we don't know if we should bring it up. Um, I, I know a priest who has a beautiful practice of he keeps track of the dates of death of the people that he buried, and he reaches out, you know, maybe not every year, but but throughout the years on significant anniversaries, um, just to say, hey, I'm thinking of you. And, yeah. and, and in his parish, they send out a Christmas card, uh, particularly around grief, the first Christmas of losing someone. And at some point, hopefully, I'll, I'll be able to incorporate those types of things in my, in my own priesthood, in my own parish. But, but he has shared with me the impact that that's had on people that when everyone else was trying to say, like, oh, we better not bring up her husband. No, she, they got a Christmas card from the parish saying, hey, we, we remember that this is your first Christmas without your husband. And, and mm-hmm. we're praying for you because we know that's tough. So, so to help people just acknowledge and give a place for where they can talk about their suffering, um, support groups, but faith-based Right, that that that, that it's it's hard. Uh, I remember years ago someone telling me, "Why does the church always pray for the sick? Because it's hard for the sick to pray for themselves." Mm-hmm. And, and and so whether it's uh, Eucharistic ministry to the homebound to nursing homes, 
we accompany people and we encourage people and we remind them God is with you. God is with you. Uh, in these weeks, teachers who are heading back to school, I just keep, when I see our teachers here at our parish school, it's like, hey, you know, you're doing great. 274 more days. You know? <laughs> Good point. Good point. You know, like you, you're going to do this. You're going to do fine. You're going to do fine. We have a, a, a new teacher. When I saw him on Monday, I'm like, hey, you came back. You came back after the first few days. And he laughed, you know, that that acknowledgement that things are tough for people. Mm. Right. And that God is with us and our God is able to help them. You know, so whatever ways, parish communities, small faith communities, we as individual Christians with, with neighbors who maybe aren't churchgoers, again, they probably don't, if they're, if they're not a believer, specifically if they're not a Christian, they might not have a language to deal with suffering. Yeah. And, and, and that might be your path to, to sharing the gospel with them. Great point, Father. Thank you so much for that. Back to the phones we go. We've got Mary calling in from Los Angeles, California. Mary, good morning. Welcome to The Inner Life. Thanks for calling. Thank you. Thank you very much. I hope you can hear me. Uh, I uh, had a major operation. It was uh, a re- recent uh, trauma for my body. I should have listened to the doctor five years ago, but I got too scared. And so now I have to go through it. I have the operation. I'm in pain. I don't like taking painkillers, but I know I have to keep surrendering my whole belief system. I've always been... Um, the other side of the health field, and now I look like I'm going straight forward to Western medicine, and they found uh, um, the lymph node that's cancerous, and I will have to get chemo of all things, and uh, it's it's really killing me this whole idea. But I will be going to chemo twice a month. Um, thank God it's just that, but for four hours a day, and uh, I will be. Um, doing this for six months, and my fear is that I'm going to quit because anything that's difficult on my body, because I've always been pretty healthy except for the last few years, always on the back of side of my mind was, you should get that checked. You're not feeling good, but I do anything to stay away from doctors. And here I have to go straight forward, praying that Jesus will be with me. He sure was with me in the hospital. I couldn't believe the angels I had around me. Jesus was there with me, but I don't like, I'm very stubborn. Thank you. All right. Well, so sorry. So sorry for this diagnosis and and certainly a path that uh, none of us really, really want to trod. You made the comment, you know, it's killing me. Actually, it's not. It's, It's actually giving you life. It's giving you a new perspective. Probably since your diagnosis, you're you're seeing things differently and enjoying each day in a different way. That often happens to us when we face serious illness. And I just encourage you, don't see it as what's it going to be like next month, two months from now, three months from now. Remember the daily bread, the daily cross. What do you need today? Right? Th- throughout this journey, um, there's going to be lots of different crosses that you're going to have to pick up. And so just focus on the cross for today. Right today, maybe it's just the anxiety of what's what's to come. Another day, it might be being exhausted. Another day, you might be sick. Right. Another day, you might lose some hair. Right. Just just offer the cross that's for today, and and know that God is with you today. When we think about it over the course of weeks, months, or years, boy, it becomes overwhelming. 
for all of us. Slow down. God's with you today, and you're alive today. Yeah, kind of what we were saying before, Father, right, about in heaven, it's all now. It's not yesterday or tomorrow. It's all now. Mary, our prayers are with you. Thank you so much for the phone call. And uh, do know that you can always, of course, call into the Chaplet of Divine Mercy at 3 p.m. Central. Uh, and that would be 1 p.m. Pacific for you uh, with Drew. Or you can call into the Family Rosary Across America at 7 Central, 5, 5 p.m. Pacific uh, with Father Rocky as well. So please do that. And, yeah, let's get that prayer support going as we were just talking about. Let's bear one another's burdens as well. Father, let's turn to the saints here for our last few minutes of the program. Let's talk about so who are some saints that can help us to bear the crosses that we bear well. Uh, such a great question because, you know, the saints have all suffered uh, in, in such different ways. And I think that's the value of getting to know the lives of the saints, maybe in particular the ones who have suffered the way we're suffering, you know, um, uh, I often hold up to young people when they're going through, their parents are going through divorce or marital problems. I, I encourage them to read about uh, Pier Giorgio Frassati, mm-hmm. who went through that with his own parents. Mm-hmm. When someone loses their husband and or maybe the death of a child, get to know Mother Seton, who, who, who buried a husband and two of her kids. Uh, sometimes to my brother priests who feel like they're not fitting in or they're struggling or seminarians that are struggling. Uh, Solanus Casey. Who, who, who was a, a round peg in a square hole. Um, when you're feeling maybe distant from God, Mother Teresa, right? Uh, young women who are experiencing anxiety, uh, Teresa Lassou, uh, if you're not sure where your vocation is, right? Her, her sister who struggled with this way. Even, you know, the, the, the show prior to yours, Patrick, uh, the women who are dealing with the guilt over abortion, someone like right. Dorothy, Dorothy Day, yeah. Who, who, who had an abortion and the woman's on her way to becoming a canonized saint. Even when you've got uh, kids who are away from the church, you know, remember that, that Peter himself denied our Lord and walked away, right? Mm-hmm. Might not have been long, but boy, he ended up becoming the Pope. But we certainly have other saints that were away for many, many years. And so I think, acknowledge, again, it goes back to that acknowledge your cross. What's the cross? What's your suffering? And find the saint who went through that. Right now, we know about saints who were who were drug addicts, who were alcoholics, like Matt Talbot. Uh, for for those who dealt with loneliness and depression, it's there. We, we've 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 done away with whitewashing their their biographies, and we're looking at the the real lives of these people. Yeah. And I think then we can know. Okay, they did this. They got through this because they took up their cross daily and relied more and more on the power of God's grace. Mm. Speaking of the saints and carrying our crosses, Wendy Marie emailed in from San Luis Obispo, California. She's listening on 890 AM out there, and uh, she emailed in a great meditation from St. Francis de Sales on carrying our cross. It begins like, I'm not going to read the whole thing. We'll put it in our show notes um, for anybody who'd like to, but it starts like this. The everlasting God has in his wisdom foreseen from eternity the cross that he now presents to you as a gift from his inmost heart. I mean, just that line in and of itself is worthy of a lot of good reflection. And, uh, yeah, the saints are, are tremendous helps because, as you were just saying, Father, they've carried their share of crosses, too. It's not just all, you know, levitating around and uh, never experiencing any of the pain of the world, but quite the opposite, isn't it? Exactly. Exactly. They, they, they knew it. They knew it. Some more than others, True. you know, yeah. but, but they each had something, and I think it's part of their journey to become a saint. Yeah. Yeah, very good. 
Well, Father, as we're uh, again kind of wrapping up the show, we got a few minutes left here, though, and and uh, you've you've made you made reference to this, but I think it might be an important point to come back to that. Sometimes, when when the suffering is especially pronounced, um, you know, if there's been uh, a death of someone who's very close to you, if um, you know, if if kids are wandering far, far away from the faith, or maybe even putting their own lives, their own health, their own spiritual lives at risk. Um, it could be a whole host of things. It might feel, maybe it's a terminal diagnosis for ourselves. Um, it may seem like God is just absent or perhaps worse that he's punishing me, but neither one of those is the case when we're carrying our cross, right? Absolutely not. Now, now God throughout history, and sometimes the scriptures are translated that, you know, well, God is punishing them for something else. But but again, I think it's key to understand what God's always goal is, is to draw us to himself. Um, God never does anything evil. God never causes anything evil. And this, this mystery of, of why bad things happen to good people, uh, or we could even say why bad things happen to bad people, um, sometimes through our choice, sometimes through others, just sometimes through the brokenness of, of humanity. But we can never ascribe you know, this idea that God is out to get me or that God doesn't care about me because our God is a God who always loves. God can only love. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Well, and Father, maybe a, maybe a great way of kind of wrapping things up would be to, if you have suggestions of, because I know we did a show with you on extemporaneous prayer uh, some, yeah. some while ago, and that was great. Yeah. I carried a lot of your suggestions with me into my own prayer life. I'm grateful for that. But Maybe if you can offer just an example of uh, a great prayer that we can use to offer it up in the face of suffering when we are carrying our crosses every day, we feel their weight, and especially if it is a particularly heavy day, um, what's maybe just an example of a brief prayer we could use to give it up, to give it over to the Lord? Yeah, I think first off, if you have a crucifix that you can put in your hand, uh, maybe it's just the one on your rosary or a small one that you take off the wall, and, and look at Jesus on the cross and say, Lord, you carried your cross and I'm carrying mine. And mention what the cross is, the headache today, the heartache, uh, my, my husband's dementia, uh, my wife's uh, depression, uh, my, my, my daughter's lack of gratitude, whatever it is, right? Lord, I give this to you and I know that you will be with me just as the Father was with you on your cross. Just make that act of surrender. The other thing, I know we're out of time, have someone to offer it up for, right? Oh, offer, hey, yeah. off, offer it for the conversion of sinners. Offer it for the child who's away from the church. Don't waste the suffering. Offer it for a specific purpose. And if you don't have anything, offer it for your parish priests. Ah, wonderful. Wonderful suggestion, Father. Thank you for that. Wow, yeah, it's a great idea. So we will, we will pray those prayers, we will offer them up, we will take part and, and make up, as St. Paul did, for what is lacking in the sufferings of Christ. Because it makes sense, if the head is suffering, the body suffers along with it. May we join in Christ's suffering. Well, Father, we have reached the end of the program. I was so grateful we could go on and on. But for now, if you could leave us with your blessing, we'd be grateful. Through the intercession of Mary, our Mother, may Almighty God bless you and your listeners, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Well, thank you, Father. And if you find as much as I do that this show is worthy of another listen, then please go back to relevantradio.com slash innerlife, 
where you can listen to the whole show. You can share it with others. Maybe you know somebody who's carrying an especially heavy cross, and this would be a good time for them to listen and to join into the sufferings of Jesus. Tomorrow on the program, we're going to be talking about discernment of the spirits with our spiritual director, Father Timothy Gallagher, so don't miss that. Coming up next is the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass. Until then, grace and peace.